When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hey, everyone, and welcome to our show. I wanted to introduce our guest in advance because of the time restraints that we have in being able to have a conversation with him. So without further ado, for over 30 years, Bob Berg has been successfully showing entrepreneurs, leaders, and sales professionals how to communicate their value and accelerate their referral business. As you all know, I talk a lot about referrals. Although for years, he was best known for his sales classic, Endless Referrals, his book, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann is what created a worldwide movement. And while part of a four-book series, Go-Giver itself has sold more than 1 million copies and has been translated into 30 different languages, it was rated number 10 on Inc. Magazine's list of the most motivational books ever written and was the HubSpot's 20 most highly rated sales books of all time. He's an advocate, supporter, and defender of free enterprise system believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportionate to how many people they absolutely can serve. So without further ado, please allow me to introduce my guest today, Bob Berg. So Bob, again, welcome to the show. I am so delighted to have you here today. Thank you, Jen. What an honor to be with you. Thank you so much. I want to just dive right in. You know, I'm so impressed with go-givers. And as we were talking in the green room, I couldn't find my book. And I'm always vulnerable to say that that's what happens sometimes. <laughs> but I do remember I know reading, the feeling. And I do remember <laughs> reading the book. As I was saying, I was in B&I and they have a book called Givers Gain. And, and as I was looking for that book, I stumbled across go-givers. So I bought both and said, huh, I wonder what the comparison is here, you know? And this is something that's just really powerful in my life and it has been powerful in my career is giving first, going first. I really believe in relationships and referrals. And so I want to dig deep into this today because as we expand into the internet world and everyone starts looking at the magic bullet, if I market online, I'm going to get business. I want to talk about your perspective on that today. But before we do that, I'd like to take you way back, take us way back and tell us a little bit about how this all got started. I know you wrote this book with John David Mann, but how did this all get started that you wanted to create a parable and what experiences had you gone through that really compelled you to share this story? 
Yeah. And by the way, you mentioned Dr. Meisner, BNI. I mean, he's yeah. one of my heroes and yeah. he's the person who coined the phrase giver's gain, which the two, the go-giver's gain, totally congruent. He yeah. and I have both promoted each other's books, have had each other on our podcasts. Again, I think he's the person who really brought networking, the term and doing it the right way into the public sphere. We have all respect for Dr. Meisner and for BNI. As far as how this started with me, I, I began as a broadcaster was not very necessarily very good at it. And I graduated into sales, had no idea how to sell. I'd never had any formal training and the company I was with apparently didn't either. So I was left on my own to flounder for a few months until I read a couple of books. This is 40 years ago now. I'm a little bit gray in the whiskers, as they say. And so this is a long time ago. And I went into the bookstore to find something to help me, but I didn't even know there was such a thing as books on selling. It wasn't really a big deal back then. Yeah. People knew about it who were already in sales, but people who weren't, we didn't know such a thing existed. So I considered myself very lucky to find a couple of books. One was by Zig Ziglar. One was by Tom Hopkins, two of the icons of the sales space. And within weeks, my sales went through the roof. Because I applied the advice, studied it, I learned it. I just into the wee hours of the morning, I was studying and reading and rehearsing and learning. And I had a system now, a methodology. And I think that was a real light for me to understand that if you didn't know how to do something, there was someone out there who did. And if you could get their books or, you know, whatever it was, attend seminars, whatever, you could learn these things. So I personally define a system as the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles, the key being predictability. If it's been proven that by doing A, you can get the desired results of B, then you know all you need to do is A and continue to do A and continue to do A, and you can get those results. You can break any glass ceiling. It doesn't matter what realm of life we're talking about. So that was really what started it for me. And so as my sales began to go well, and there were, of course, lots of hiccups along the way, because that's life. That's how it always is. What were you selling, by the way? I was selling media advertising. So radio and television advertising. Yeah, yeah. That's a tough line anyway. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it was great training. Again, it was self-training, but it was great training. (laughs) And then I actually went to another place where I was selling advertising, where the sales manager really was great in terms of knowing his stuff. And he kind of took me under his wing and helped me even more. But then I went to another company where I was selling solar energy, hot water heating systems to homeowners. And it was very high ticket. It was long sale. And it was another great training. It was just wonderful. And you felt good that you got to help people doing it. And again, a long time ago. And eventually I had worked my way up to sales manager of that last company and started showing others how to do what I was doing. And so other companies were asking, they used to say in the old Seinfeld show, yada, yada, yada. A number of years later, here we are talking to each other. So I started to speak professionally and learned how to have a professional speaking career. When you do that, you write books. And one of my very first book was called Endless Referrals, subtitled Networker Everyday Contacts into Sales. It was a book. It was a how-to book on how salespeople and entrepreneurs who had a great product or service, they loved what they did, they knew they brought great value to the marketplace, but they didn't necessarily feel comfortable going into their local communities and building the kinds of relationships that are important for people to want to do business with you directly and want to refer you to others. So it was a how-to book, but I'd always read parables since I'd gotten to sales and started reading books all the time. I loved parables, starting with Ogmandino's books and James Classen's and, you know, all the, the, exactly. Yeah. So I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could take the basic premise of endless referrals, which is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to 
those people they know, like, and trust Mm -hmm. and turn that into a parable. So I kind of held on to that idea for a few years, but then I thought entitling it, what is the basic element or essence of relationships? And it comes down to their givers, right? They're always looking to give value to others. And so coming up with the title, The Go-Giver was very natural, but the greatest thing I did for this book was asking John David Mann, who at the time was the editor-in-chief of a magazine I used to write for, and who was a great writer. I asked him, would you be the co-author and lead writer, storyteller? And fortunately, he said yes, because I knew he could. I'm a how-to author. I'm step one, step two, step three. John's right. a <laughs> storyteller. So fortunately, he said yes. We collaborated on it. 24 rejections later before we got the 25th one, the publisher who said yes. And now it's a series and we've been doing this. For right. Oh, I know. And I love the whole series. My favorite's leadership. I love that oh, one. Thank you. I mean, there's so many of them. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that story. It brings up, I have so many questions and I know we don't have a whole bunch of time. So we're going to try to get through this as quick as we can, <laughs> as quick as we intend, absolutely can. But so there's a couple things. I want to talk about the no like, and trust, because this is something I talk quite a bit about with my clients. And actually I speak a little bit on stage when I'm talking about this topic, but I think that we live somewhat in an entitled society that says, let me take, take, take before I give and sometimes never give. And that's something that you talk about as one of the laws, if I recall, is of reciprocity, right? I do want to talk about that too. So our law is receptivity is the fifth one. Reciprocity is the law that Dr. Robert Cialdini talks about in his wonderful book, Influence. So the two of them are a little different. Yeah. Yeah. So reciprocity is, and this is according to Dr. Cialdini, is sort of that aspect of human nature that when someone does something for us, we have a psychological need to give to that person. Okay. Receptivity is simply the ability to receive from someone else. And we see receptivity as, and again, I love what you said about entitlement, because what we believe is if you give value to others first, if you give value, not with an attachment to receiving, we're not attached to it having to happen, but we know that as we continue to do good things, plant seeds of goodwill, of great will, as we add immense value to the lives of others, it is going to come back to us. That's just how life works. And it should. And it's very logical. There's nothing magical or mystical about it. Okay. When you're that person who is always focused on helping others, people feel good about you. People want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be part of your life. Right. So that's why we say that. And if we're talking in terms of financial, we'd say money is simply an echo of value, right? Mm -hmm. It's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which means the focus needs to be on the giving of value to others, right? The money you receive or the love you receive or the help you receive or whatever it is you receive is simply a natural result of the value you've provided. Receptivity, though, is that ability to receive, receive. which so many people can't do. And that's psychological. They can't get past that glass ceiling. Yeah. And I do know about that as well. And thank you for clarifying, because like I said, I couldn't find the book. Oh, that's okay. I didn't mean in any way to call you out or be disrespectful. Oh, no, no. I just didn't want to take credit for something that wasn't ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, (laughs) no. And everybody who listens to this podcast, they know I'm like an open book, right? I'm a big open book. I make mistakes all the time. And I do think that's something that's pretty powerful too. And I don't want to go down the road on that particular one other than to say that 
I think there's an air about people that aren't in a position to receive. I ask for referrals all the time. I ask, I ask, 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 and I just don't get them back. But I think that there's a sometimes like an invisible wall that says, I don't really want it because I don't think I'm really worth it. I don't think I've given you value. And so people can sense that. So let me get back into this entitlement and this no like and trust, because when I think about the people that I work with, they say, I went networking, I've met people. And I give 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 and no one's giving it back. I mean, they know who I am. They like me. Why am I not getting business? And one of the things that I say all the time is there's a difference between no like and trust. They know what you do. They may like you, but they're never going to give you business until they know who you are. It's not the know what you do, but the who you are. So because there's this entitlement thought there, a lot of people don't go deep and give value. So this is where the question is. So you said value, value, value. We talk all the time. I want to give value. I want to give value. Can you define value for us? Because how deep does this go or does it go deeper? Is it a thought process around it? Because someone says, well, I gave them value, but was it really value? You hit this totally right on the head. Let's go to definitions because it's very important because we do hear the term value all the time. And let's look at it in terms of the difference between price and value because so many people think the two are the same and they're not. Price is a dollar figure. Mm -hmm. It's a dollar amount. It's finite. It is what it is. Yeah. Value is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, knowledge, connections, what have you, Mm -hmm. that brings so much worth or value to another person that they will willingly engage or exchange their money for this value or want to be connected with you and so forth. The key is value is always in the eyes of the beholder. It's not what we think is a value that right. we did for them or gave them or this or that. It's what they do. Now, whenever someone says, I give and I give and I give and nobody that it typically comes down to, are you really giving in a way that the other person appreciates it and sees it of value? Or is it something you think they should see? As Ooh, that's value? really, really important. Yeah. I'm thinking about that and all the times because I feel like I'm a very strong connector and that's how I met you. I must have given Sonia value, <laughs> right? Because she said, oh, you have to meet Bob. She's a huge fan of you. Yeah. And so we've only had you know, like a 45, one hour conversation, mm-hmm. but we're, we she fell in love. She sang your praises. Yep, yeah. Absolutely. We fell in love. And it's funny because that happens quite a bit. And so I know, I, I'm okay, I'm giving value, but there are other people where I feel that I from my perspective, and so I'm going to be mm-hmm. the guinea pig here. From my perspective, I feel like I've given the same type of thing, the mm-hmm. same me, but there's no reciprocation. Where's that gap? Because I know that people are like, why can I go to one meeting with someone and it just strikes iron and I go to the other one, nothing happened. Where's the gap? Well, first, I think it's understanding that people are individuals mm-hmm. and everyone has their own likes and dislikes, preferences. They pursue happiness in their own way, often unconsciously and so forth. So we're not going to necessarily connect with everybody we we meet, right? Mm -hmm. It's also a matter of discovering through asking questions what this person values. And it's not a matter of saying, what do you value? Because they don't know what you're talking about. They don't even know what that is because we don't Uh, know. (laughs) Right. So it's a matter of finding out, discovering through the course of conversation, listening and more questions for clarification. 
as human beings, we all come from our own set of beliefs. And this is a matter of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television. But by the time we're a little more than toddlers, I mean, our basic belief system has been implanted into yeah. us. We had nothing to do with it. We weren't able to question premises and we just kind of accept it. So most people, they grow up living their life from what I call an unconscious operating system. Mm -hmm. Yes. And thinking that they're operating out of conscious free will when really it's we're kind of operating with matrix like in that right. first movie right not only do we not know this but we tend to believe that everyone else is operates in. out of the same basic belief system which makes sense because what else could it be we don't know anything we else. don't know anything else but it's not true right. right and so it's always incumbent upon us to find out how and to know how to bring value which again is subjective it's relative to that other person now Let's also take it one step further. Sometimes, Jen, you can connect with someone and this person, they know, love and trust you and you've been great to them and they don't refer anyone to you or they don't. Some people just don't think about it. They don't. They don't know know this. It's not in there. And so we need to gently and tactfully get with them and explain to them and just ask, you know, how we love to be able to refer you. You bring so much value to people. And I'm wondering if you would feel comfortable referring people to me who I might be able to serve. And here's how he would know if someone is someone that I can possibly help. And we educate them. And if they're the type of person who is just going to take, take, take and not, well, we have to make a decision. We may lovingly let them go from our lives in terms of business. Right. And I was going to say, and this still gets back to what you were talking about, receptivity. You know, if we're not willing to have that conversation with people, right. then there is our problem with receptivity. We're already saying, right. yes. Ah, yes. we're not comfortable receiving, so we won't say anything about receiving. We'll just hope and pray. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. And that's not a good, hoping and praying is fine, but it's probably not a business a strategy <laughs> strategy that is going to necessarily create the pray. Yes, but work while you pray. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I absolutely love that. I love that. And I didn't mean to like stop you when you were going. No, 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 not but at all. Not at all. This is wonderful. That is totally there. So let's talk about not the receiving of referrals, but how can we be on this side a better referral partner for others? So the first thing we would do is we find out what that person is looking for, who that person's looking for. So I have a question I like to ask people. Okay. And that is, how can I know if someone I'm speaking with Ooh. is a good referral for you? Well, Let so let's say you. we're talking to somebody who sells copying machines. Okay. His name is Gary. He sells high-end copying machines to businesses. And at a certain point, we say to Gary, Gary, how can I know if someone I'm speaking with is a good prospect or a good referral or a good customer, however you want to say it for you? Yeah. Well, he has to think about it for a moment because he's probably never been asked that question. Before, right. Okay? He's saying, hmm, yeah. Then he says to you, well, Jen, if you're ever in an office and you notice a copying machine and next to that copying machine is a waste paper basket and that waste paper basket is just filled to the rim and overflowing with pulled up pieces of paper. That's a really good sign that copying machine has been breaking down a lot lately. Right. Uh-huh. And that would be an excellent prospect for me. <laughs> so he has just shown you, he has told you how to add value to his life. Yeah, I love that. It reminds me of a story I just want to share real quick. I remember when I first got in BNI. Now I was in BNI for seven years. I was an ambassador and all this. This became really easy for me. But I walked in and I found out that there was a car finance guy in the BNI and there was a dog walker in the BNI. Mm-hmm. They had never shared business. Right. And I think what's so funny about this, I was like, huh, what do you mean you never shared business? 
And I thought it's our job on this side to ask them the right questions so that we can refer them, right? And this is the going first, not, well, I'll wait for him to figure it out and maybe he'll send me referrals or I'll wait for him to teach me how to refer him. And if he never does, then I guess I just won't refer him rather to take that first step in the relationship. And I said, I can't believe the two of you have never referred. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, wait a minute, he sells cars. He talks to all these guys who sells cars all the time. And don't they say, do you want leather or cloth? Do you have kids? Do you have dogs? Do you have a short dog? Maybe you want to put a little runner on there. Do you have a big dog? So you need a big car. And then what happens with moving or taking care of your dogs? I have a great dog walker, right? Anyway, I was just talking to them about how do we do this? And you said this a few minutes ago, training our referral partners on what we want going first and in what they want, right? And I know that I'm just saying going first to say, what can I do to help you? And then that reciprocation would be naturally, well, gee, you asked that question, what can I do to help you? And if they don't, you say, would you mind if I share how you could help me as well, as long as you're comfortable doing that, right? You have just nailed it. This is what leaders do. That was such wonderful leadership. And you touched the lives of those two people, plus all the people who they will help. Absolutely. I mean, you did is not see. Now I know why Sonia just fell in love with you. Uh, in that <laughs> well, thank, you. thank you. In the time that we have left together, I mean, there's so much we could be talking about. I want to just ask you a couple of questions about there is a very specific question moving forward here. Not so much the entitled society, but everyone is looking at social media as a means to do this and want to get business and buy leads, do ads, post things, really hope. What is your sense about relationships in, I call this the soaring 20s, not the roaring, but the soaring. Ah, I love that. What love is that. your sense? And I really feel like this is leadership is a big thing. Mindset is a big thing. There are a lot of new things that are coming out. And maybe you and I felt like that they were there forever, but they're really coming forward. And people are looking for that quick fix on social media and saying, I don't really want relationships all about price, price, price. And I want to get that quick fix. What do you say to those people? Well, it's certainly not sustainable to do it that way. And it's probably not even a quick fix because it tends to not really happen. <laughs> that, yeah, those are right. right. I'm very few you win. They, yeah, you're very few win. Yeah, those are the stories people sell you on the quick type of thing. But it doesn't have to take a long time either when we approach it correctly. Because let's go back to, again, when we say all things being equal, right? It's not that people do business with and refer business to those computers they know, like, and trust. It's to those right. people they know, like, and trust. So when you're on LinkedIn or you're on Twitter or you're on Facebook, you're on Pinterest or you're on Instagram, whatever you're the medium of choice that happens to be where your customers and clients and prospects and so forth are, simply ask yourself a question. Is what I'm about to do, pin, post, tweet, respond, whatever, is it likely to add value to mm-hmm. those who will receive this message? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, then you're on your way to something good. It doesn't mean an instant sale but it means you're connecting with someone on a heart-to-heart level. And that's what leads to the sale. And there's also a certain time to ask for business. Please don't think you have to be passive about this, but you need to plan it in such a way that you're not coming across as someone who is just looking for that quick hit because people can sense that. And I think people's radar, their antenna, this point in social media, I mean, my goodness. So put out content out there, but then when people respond, engage with them as human to human, you're simply utilizing the medium that you're using as a connection. 
Yeah. It's interesting you said that because I've always said, take those relationships that are online, offline. Absolutely. I love that. There's no reason you right. have to keep that on. No, by all means. And a phone yeah. call, a personal handwritten note to someone who's done something great or who has commented on your post or someone who you want to connect with, that handwritten personalized note. Hi, Dave, or hi, Mary. Thank you so much for that kind comment on LinkedIn, please know how much I appreciate you. Best for it. Just something. Boy, what a difference. They'll, they'll probably post. They'll take a picture of it. And picture post of the note and post because it. They yeah. were so, of the note, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly so, it. Are you still writing a lot of hand notes? I am. I'm just curious. Are well, you every still? Day. Yeah, me too. Every I day. am big, big note writer. And you or your team knew that when you sent information for us to get scheduled, I always ask for your address. And the whole reason I'm asking for it is because I'm planning to write a note. It's what yeah. I do. It's, well, I write notes for everything. Well, me too. But you know what, Jen, which is interesting. So I was looking before our interview today just to make sure that we had your address and it says did not provide. So I can't write you a note until I get you. <laughs> I'll make sure you <laughs> for my phone, my address. I'll make sure. Yeah. You know, I was careful about that because I had a stalker. Well, yeah, of course. Sure. I had a stalker once and I yeah. said, nah, I can't. No. <laughs> can't do that. Yeah. So a couple last questions. These are kind of like quick and I don't always ask them, but I feel compelled to do it is tell us something about Bob that we don't know. Oh, that Bob, can I speak in third party? Yeah, sure. That's third why I said it. Singular. Bob is, I <laughs> see, I love that. You set me up beautifully for that. Bob <laughs> is very much an introvert. He doesn't seem to be, but he is. That's funny. You said that. I just told someone that yesterday. They laughed at me because I'm so a personality out there and I am, but I'm very shy, actually. I'm very shy on the other side. And that's from my mom and dad. My mom was a gabber and my dad, he was a rocking chair guy, right? Uh, <laughs> the rocking chair thinker. Hmm. <laughs> and yes, yeah, so you have those two attributes. That's really interesting. Now, I also know you're very, very involved with animals. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I mean, I just love animals, all animals. And by the way, you have a beautiful, beautiful dog. He or she has walked. Oh, that's my grand puppy. That's Lucy. She is part lab and part Great Dane. So she's huge and she loves coming out to the country. We're on 21 acres. So she loves coming out here, but I'm babysitting my grand puppy. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. She's absolutely just lovely. So, you know, I mean, I grew up with dogs and we always had several dogs at a time and just warm and wonderful and loyal. And I've had cats now because we foster kittens now as part of a network of people until they're old enough to get spayed, neutered, and then sent out, which we should always do, spayed and neutered. But I love all animals. I hate to use the word hate, but I hate the idea that animals are used for our food and for on testing and all those things and that they're so mistreated. For the last 12,000 years, human beings have been absolutely awful to animals. Yeah, I feel the same way. Well, I'm plant-based for that reason. <laughs> and that's part of it. It's interesting. People it was, really knew. Yeah, I loved it. So I know that you're on the board of directors of Furry Friends Adoption um, Adoption and right. Clinic in Juniper. So I had a charity that I created called Fur Baby Food Bank. Oh, woo. And it. it came out after the debacle in 2008 in the mortgage industry and what that we had. And we found that animals were being left in the homes as people vacated and, and foreclosure, right? And it was horrible. Mm. And I thought, well, if you're going through financial stress and you have to tell the kids, we can't afford this, we can't afford that. The last thing you want to do is tell the kids that you have to let Snoopy go to the adoption, to the shelter. So I said, if they're going to the food bank to get food for their family, let's provide food for their puppies and their animals and stuff. It is funny because I did get asked, can you provide mice for snakes? And I said, no, that I can't do. (laughs) 
there's a limit to what I'm going to do. But yeah, so that was the charity that I had there. So thank you so much for what you're doing for animals. And you too. And you too. Thank you. you. So last question I have is, Bob, what would you like to leave our listeners with? If there was one thing that you could say to them, a quote, a phrase, something that would empower them to take action today to make a difference in their lives, what would you tell them? Well, I think it's determining what it is you need to do that's going to take you to the next step of success and breaking past that glass ceiling. So whatever it is, discover it, determine it, find out what it is, and then take the action. Don't wait till you're perfect. You don't have to be 100%, be 80%. You can course correct upon the way. And I'm not saying do something haphazardly, of course, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying there's a certain point where we have enough information to act on. And if we wait until we know more, there's the diminishing returns. You know what I'm saying? So once you have enough to go on, take that action. You can course correct along your way and you're going to get better and better and better as you go along. Your confidence will build and you're going to be on your way to just crashing through that glass ceiling. That's beautiful. Thank you so much today. It was so great to get to know you. Thank you so much for your time today. I know you're a super busy person and I'm so humbled that you'd be willing to come onto the show. Appreciate it very much. My absolute pleasure. Thank you, Jen. Of course. So again, everyone, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to our podcast in this particular episode. Please take a few minutes, just scroll down on your phone, give us a great five-star rating and write a little comment about what you loved about what you learned from Bob and what you want to learn from this podcast. And so until next time, thank you so much for listening in. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com slash S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.